Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's reading is Psalm 142, a masco of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. With my voice I cry out to Yahweh. With my voice I plead for mercy to Yahweh. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Yahweh. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 142 is the final psalm to include an opening notation that has anything more than just the author. Really, we do have a song of praise once more, but there are a few more attributed to David. Mostly, though, they will be unnoted moving forward. So a maskal, a particular type of psalm of prayer mentioned here, but then also the footnote that David is in the cave at the time. Could be a reference to 1 Samuel chapter 22, the start of the chapter where he's in the cave at Adalam. He's joined there, even by some family as he goes, and they learn of him being there. More likely, though, as he simply leaves from that cave, more likely this is 1 Samuel chapter 24 where he's in the cave at En Gedi, and Saul has him trapped. Saul doesn't quite realize that he has found him, and so Saul will end up going into this cave to relieve himself, to use the restroom. And as he does, David sneaks up on him, cuts off just a piece from his robe, and then he goes out and he addresses Saul, he he challenges Saul, and he shows him the piece of the robe. And Saul repents at that time, um, and, and turns around and goes away. So the Engedi account of 1 Samuel 24 seems the, the more fitting of accounts for when David was in a cave and may have written this particular psalm. So it begins with my voice, I cry out to Yahweh, a note of prayer, pleading for mercy. David's a sinner, and David deserves death. He's pleading to God to not give him death, to rescue him instead, to save him. He pours out his complaint before the Lord, telling God his troubles. And we do this in our prayers as as well. We pray to God asking for his mercy, that he would not let us endure what we deserve. And sometimes that's praying that God would not allow us to receive the consequence of sin, of death in that moment. But it's often more specific than that too, isn't it? that we recognize in a particular day or week or something that we've done something wrong and we know that the consequences of it are coming, worldly consequences, that we're going to be imprisoned or suffer pain or have a a friend hate us, whatever it may be. And in those moments, we do pray for God to give us mercy. 
that he would allow us to avoid such consequences. So David is calling out to the Lord his complaint that he is trapped, that he is brought low, some of the words he will use in the rest of the psalm. But he acknowledges when his spirit faints within him, so when he has nothing left to give, when he's empty, God knows the way. God has not abandoned him. God is right there with him. That God would know his way is to show that God is present. God has not left David's side. And David acknowledges then that since God is there and knows, in the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Save me from the trap. Rescue me. Remove the trap that's in the way. You know how. You know where. This is again the picture of Saul trying to kill him. So look to the right and see. There is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. Interestingly, he doesn't say look to my left. He doesn't say look all around me, just to one side. But the picture here is David feeling utterly alone. He's not entirely. There are some men with him in the cave. But he's got a king and a country against him. There is no place of refuge left for him. I mean, he's hiding in a cave. He can't live openly out in one of the cities of Israel. He can't live openly in somebody's home because Saul would have hunted him down. In fact, has hunted him down from that. He tried it before. That's 1 Samuel 23, the city of Keilah, K-E-I-L-A-H, that they were willing to give David over. And so David left. He cannot hide among men. He's not safe. No one cares for my soul. And this is a family question spot. Is this true? Is there no one who cares for David? And it's not true. A, you do have some men around him who have sided with him. But B, and primarily, maybe I should have said this is A, God. God cares for him, and David recognizes that, certainly. So we would put this into the category of, I guess, exaggeration, as we often do ourselves, right? Oh, woe is me, I'm in despair. Things aren't often as bad as we think they are, as we we grieve in certain moments about certain things. We often over-exaggerate something. It doesn't mean we're not rightly feeling it. It doesn't mean that that's not where we're at. But things aren't always as dark as we make them out to be. And that's kind of where David's at, too. He he doesn't have no refuge left. He has God left. He doesn't have no one caring for him. God cares for him. So it might be worth pointing out and and encouraging your kids to, to trust in the Lord when things seem dark, as David is. So David cries to Yahweh, and he even says, You are my refuge. So much for no refuge remains to me, right? My portion in the land of the living the portion idea this was the the promised land picture that is the various tribes of Israel were brought to the promised land and fought and drove out the enemies that were living there God gave it to them that they divided the land into lots, portions to each tribe, to each family except for the Levites God was specifically their portion they got no land they received no land 
And David here, in a way, lumps himself in with the Levites. He has nothing left in the world. He's been chased out of everything. God is his portion. And so he's all right. What a beautiful way of seeing it. So even though, yes, he did just exaggerate a little bit, he sees the Lord here beautifully. Acknowledging that because he has the Lord, he's okay. So he prays that God would attend to his cry, hear his prayer, because he's been brought low, he's been humbled. I mean, he's hiding in a cave that is pretty low in a worldly sense. God's going to lift him up and put him on a throne in the future. Deliver me from my persecutors, they are too strong for me. Again, Saul, Saul's army. He's got the king's army against him, that is pretty strong. But then another family conversation. Have there been times where David has been up against enemies bigger than himself before and won? David and Goliath's a pretty easy one. That's kind of why I phrase the question that way. David has often in his life fought against enemies too big for himself. And he's come out victorious because he recognizes that it is God who fights for him. He specifically says that in his battle against Goliath. But there's a reason that the people are singing that David has slain his Well, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. David has been victorious on the battlefield against multitudes of people because God fights for him. So, is this enemy too strong? In a worldly sense, yes. But could the Lord fight for David and deliver him? Sure can. And this is what David prays for. And as we get to verse 7, bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. That's precisely what God does. God allows David to leave the cave that was his prison. And again, in time, we'll place David on the throne over all of Israel. The righteous will surround me, and you will deal bountifully with me. David is king, perhaps the greatest king, arguably, that we can say Israel ever has. And he's surrounded by God's people, thus the righteous. And they receive from God's good gifts as Israel is strengthened under David's rule uh, as they are blessed in many ways by the Lord. And David gives thanks. So here's a psalm praying to God to deliver him and also giving him thanks for being uh, good and gracious. So we can pray a psalm like this as well. Whatever the prison, whatever the trap that we feel we are in today in this world, whatever is oppressing or harming us, we can cry out to God knowing that he is our refuge and strength, knowing that he is with us, knowing that in Christ he has already redeemed us. And so we give thanks. Pray.